there was a time in our lives when, uh, when, we, when we did not know what we needed, when we did not realize our condition. But the Holy Spirit of God is given, the Bible says, to, to reprove, uh, to, he's, he's given to uh, reprove the world uh, and to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. He's, he's come to, uh, to help us to see our sin. And he's, he's come to show us that our righteousness isn't good enough and, and what we need is the righteousness of Christ because there's a judgment day coming. And he's there to, he's there to reveal that to the lost. And, and when, they, uh, when, when we as a, as a lost person turned to him, turned to Jesus Christ in faith and uh, repentance, uh, the Bible says that he gave us eternal life. I think of the scripture over there in Ezekiel when God told, uh, told the prophet to, to cry out to Jerusalem and to let them see their, their abominations, let them see the condition that they were in. Now, when, when, he, when he says this to them, uh, they, they probably looked around and they didn't see themselves in that condition. But uh, because, because when, when the Bible gives us these, these images, these pictures of what we're like, it's, it's saying your spiritual man is like this. And what God was, is saying in Ezekiel, uh, over in Ezekiel chapter 16, you don't have to turn there if you don't want to, you can just mark this down, uh, or you can turn there if you'd like. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 16, we're going to look at this briefly and then jump over to Matthew. Uh, the, uh, Ezekiel chapter 16, uh, the prophet is, is speaking to, to Jerusalem and he says, uh, he says uh, verse 3, Thus saith the Lord God unto Jerusalem, Thy birth and thy nativity is is in the land of, of Canaan. Thy father was an Amorite, and thy mother an Hittite. As for thy nativity, in the day thou wast born, thy navel was not cut, neither was thou, uh, thou washed in water to supple thee. Thou wast not salted at all, nor swaddled at all. None I pitied thee to do any of these unto thee, to have compassion upon thee. But thou wast cast out in the open field to the loathing of thy person in the day that thou wast born." He said, you were, he said, you were like, you were like, a, a, you, you were despised. You were in, you were covered in, in, in blood and all this filth from, from your, uh, from your parents that had, had passed on upon you. And, and he, he said, you're, you're just covered in this filth and you're cast out in the open field, rejected and left there to die. And isn't that so much what sin has done for us? Our parents and and our heritage is that, that we have received a sin nature that's been passed down from generation to generation. Uh, scripture says, wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. And that sin has left us condemned. That sin has left us, uh, left us rejected and, and, and cast out into the open field. We're just out here in the world and, and just going to die in that condition. But for the grace of God. Then he says, he says in verse 6, And when I passed by thee, I saw thee polluted in thine own blood. And I said unto thee, When thou wast in thy blood, live. The world says, die. Our sin was going to kill us. Our sin was going to take us, uh, take us to, uh, it was going to result in death and was going to take us to a place called, uh, called hell and where we'd spend eternity rejected and, and, and condemned and, and suffering the torments and the, the condemnation and, and the penalty for our sin. But God comes along and God says, live, I want you to live sends out that message of life and Jesus Jesus said the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost he said I'm, I've come into the world uh, to, to look for you out in that open field to find you polluted in your own blood to find you rejected of men and left there to die and I've come to give you life and not just give you life but give you life more abundantly it doesn't matter if you were if you were uh, never raised in church if, if this it doesn't matter if this is your first time in church or not church is not what saves you 
It doesn't matter if that was your, your history, if your history was, uh, was uh, growing up in, in a home that was filled with, with sin and, and lots of, uh, of wicked influences, or if your story is like mine, that, I, that you were raised in a, in a preacher's home. And in church every week and every time the church doors were open, we were there and sometimes we opened the doors so we could be there. And, and it doesn't matter if that was your story or if that was your story, it, but there, there must come a time in your life when you realize that it's not because of what mama and daddy has done. It's not because of, of, of how good of a person I am or how many times I've been to church or how many Bible verses I can say. It's because we had a time in our life when the Spirit of God said, live! And we responded to that call. We responded to Him in faith. Let's turn over to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 8. We just finished a study in Matthew 7 where Jesus, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 where Jesus is teaching His disciples about reaching the multitudes. How to reach them, Matthew chapter 5 said, And seeing the multitudes, He went up into a mountain. And when He was set, His disciples came unto Him, and He opened His mouth and taught them. He taught them because he, he knew that in a few short years he was going to be leaving uh, and, and he was going to die and he was going to be buried and he was going to rise again the third day. He was going to spend uh, about 40 days here on earth with them after his resurrection and then he was going to ascend back to heaven. And, and uh, he, he knew that he was going to leave them uh, the command to take the message of the gospel to these multitudes and to the world all around and, and it would be their responsibility to get that uh, to get that message to the world and so he wanted to teach them how they could effectively reach the multitudes and so he taught them many principles as as I as I'm studying the the scriptures here I, I find that Jesus used the used the teaching method that perhaps if you've if you've taught you uh, you would recognize this it's it's uh, uh, it's you you tell them or you dictate he, so Jesus told them what to do. He dictated to them what to do. Then he demonstrated. He showed them. You tell them, you show them, and then soon, in, in a few chapters, we'll see that he duplicates or he sends them out to do it. He watches them do it. So you tell them, you show them, and you send them. You tell them, you show them, you watch them. Jesus dictated, he demonstrated, and then he's going to duplicate. Today we're, we're starting this, uh, starting to see uh, several uh, places here in Scripture where Jesus demonstrated his doctrine. Where he's demonstrating his doctrine, showing them how to live the way that he just told them to live. Remember he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The humble uh, of mind and of heart and 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 he 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 comes down and from the mountain the bible says the bible sa uh, says in matthew chapter 8 when he was come down from the mountain great multitudes followed him they had followed him and and he went up into the mountain and there they just sat there and waited for him to get finished and when he came down out of the mountain there they are the great multitudes following him and, and as they as they followed him there came a man unto Jesus. The Bible says that this man was a leper. This man was a leper. And leprosy was a horrible, horrible disease. And uh, that, that my understanding is, even to this day, they've not found a, a, an exact uh, cure for leprosy. They've learned how to manage it. They can treat it here and there and kind of hold it back a little bit, some of the effects, but they've not learned... A, a cure for leprosy. But uh, this man came to Jesus. And notice, notice what this man did. He, he disregarded the multitudes. He, he, didn't, he didn't worry about the multitudes. But the Bible says, Behold, there came a leper and worshipped him. The leper's first, first act when he came to Jesus was to worship him. And then he said, Lord... If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Lepers were outcasts from society. 
The Bible tells us in, uh, in, in the Old Testament there in the law, uh, it shows us that, that God, had given, God had given some instructions about how to deal with this, this disease of leprosy and they would have to go and, and when, they, when they suspected that something was wrong, they'd have to go and show it to the priest and, and the priest would inspect the, the spot and, and if he determined that it was leprosy, then they would, they would shut the person up uh, alone in, in solitary for, for seven days and then they would come and show themselves to the priest again and if, the, if that spot had spread or if it's gotten worse or it's gone deeper or whatever, uh, then, then he would be declared unclean and, and he would be called a leper and he would have to go outside the city and have to live by himself outside the camp and out or outside the city away from his loved ones away from his friends he would he would be forsaken of his family forsaken of his friends uh, he'd be deprived of human contact and he was there by himself when he did come around people he'd, he'd have to if he was if he was upwind from them if the wind was blowing in their direction from his direction and he would have to uh, when he came within like 150 feet of them he'd have to be calling out unclean unclean he'd have to stay away from people but this leper heard that Jesus was coming by and he went straight for Jesus he made his way to Jesus and he fell down before Jesus, the Bible says, and worshipped him. And he said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. He was tired of the way he was living. He was tired of the, of the, the, the effects this, this disease was having on his body. He was tired of the consequence that he had suffered in his life as a result of this disease called leprosy. He came to the only one that can make a difference. See, all he could do is go show the priest, the, the religious crowd, and all they could do is say, yep, you're a leper. But they couldn't heal him. He could go, to, he could go to, the, uh, to the business world and, and the businessmen, they could look at him and say, ah, get out of here, you're a leper. He could go among his friends and his friends could look at him and say, hey, we, we don't want that around here. You're a leper. So he went to the only one that could make a difference. He said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. I don't know what you're dealing with in your life. But one thing that we all have in common is a problem. It's not a disease. But it's likened to a disease in Scripture. It's a problem called sin. And sin is very much like the disease of leprosy. It starts out small, and it spreads. We're all born in sin. We're all born with a sin nature. We're all born with this problem of sin. And this problem of sin is going to destroy our lives. It will destroy your relationships. It will destroy every aspect of your life. As you yield control to sin. You can go to the religious crowd. And the religious crowd can look at you and say. Yeah. Sinner. And isn't that what they do? Isn't that what churches do so often? Isn't that one of the reasons why, why so many of our friends and family and our neighbors. They don't want to come to church. Because their experience with church has been sinner. Isn't that, isn't that the case? They feel like they were a bunch of pious and, and arrogant, uh, self-righteous hypocrites because that has been the case in many places that they've gone. But no, we're not, we're not arrogant. We're not self-righteous. Hey, we're sinners too. The only difference is our sin has been forgiven. Not by works of righteousness which we've done, but according to His mercy. 
And we come together in church to rejoice in the goodness of God in the fact that the church couldn't do anything for us. The business world couldn't do anything for us. Hey, it, nobody could do anything for us except for one person, Jesus Christ. And He was able to do something for us. And He's the only one that's able to do something for us. And He did something for us when you and I, who have trusted Him as our Savior, came to Him and bowed before Him and said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. September 28, 1987, as a preacher's son, as a, as a boy that was raised in church, as a, as a boy that had been, had been taught the Word of God, I could, I could quote Scripture after Scripture after Scripture, whole chapters of the Bible, uh, I could quote, I'd been to Sunday school and not missed probably, probably most of my life, and, and, and it, I had to come to a place where I realized I am broken by sin. I am dying in my sin. And I came to Jesus and said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Maybe today there's somebody that needs Jesus to cleanse you of your sin. And to give you his gift of salvation. I want to encourage you, you can come to Him. And you'll find a gracious, loving Savior who will receive you. He says, Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Let's look this morning and see how Jesus responded to this leper. And let's get an idea of how He'll respond to you and to me. As we do this, let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, I need you. Oh, how I need you. Lord, your word is holy. Your word is powerful. And I do not want to do injustice to your word as I preach it today. Lord, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything that's, that's wrong. I don't want to distract with my ideas or or an illustration or or a way that I say things Lord I don't want to distract from the message of your word please work through me today I pray speak to the hearts of each one here and Lord if there's someone who has yet to receive your gift of eternal life, has, has yet to be cleansed of their sin. And I pray, Lord, that today will be the day when they say, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Father, for those of us who are saved, I pray that we'll learn from your example and we'll rejoice in the, the fact that we were cleansed, that then we'll... Show grace and compassion and love to others as we go and share the good news of Jesus Christ. And for all that you do in our midst, we'll thank you and praise you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, Behold, there came a leper and worshipped him. He recognized and believed that Jesus is Messiah and knew that Jesus could heal him if he wanted to. He was used to being avoided. He was used to being pointed out and driven away. He, but he trusted that this Jesus of whom he had heard could and would bring healing to his body. So he came to Jesus. And Jesus did not respond in the way that others perhaps would have. They, they didn't want, the crowd didn't want leprosy, so they would stay away from him. The crowd didn't want leprosy, so as, as he came near, they probably backed up, and there's probably shouting at him, and get out of here, you leper. Get, go. We don't want your filth. We don't want you. What are you trying to contaminate all of us? No doubt they cried things like this at this man as he, as he drew near, but he, he needed Jesus, and so he made his way to, to the Lord, and he fell down and worshipped the Lord and said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And notice, Jesus took time to listen. When this man came to Jesus, this undesirable came to Jesus. When this, this cast, castaway came to Jesus. When this reject came to Jesus, Jesus took time to listen. You know, I've found that, that many times when we 
get excited about serving God and we determine we're going we're gonna to live for God and serve God, one of the first encounters we have with somebody is somebody that perhaps their sin has just burned them. Their mind is shot. And we go to talk to them and, and the things they say, they don't even make sense. They, they don't go together. Their conversation is not, is not coherent. We're like, huh, is this all I'm going to be able to attract? Is this all I'm going to be able to talk to? These, these weirdos, whatever. Hey, let's, let's not have that attitude. Let's have compassion. The other night, Danny and I were at Starbucks, and Danny was talking to a, to a man there and introduced me to him, and, and we began to talk. And, and the, guy, the guy would respond, yeah, and he began to talk and say stuff, and the stuff that he said was just, he was out there somewhere. But you know, I've seen, I, I've, I've not personally seen, I've, I've heard testimonies of preachers who have shared the truth of the gospel with someone. And through sharing the word of God, time after time after time, the truth of the word of God changes minds and can transform the mind and can undo the damage that sin has done. It's amazing. But often we, we're like, huh, he's out of his mind. He can't understand anything I say. I'm never going to talk to him again. You know, avoid him. We can't do that. Jesus took time to listen. If we're going to make a difference, we're going to need to take time to listen. We're going to take time to listen to people's problems. Take time to listen to the, to the cares, the burdens on their heart. And hear what's going on in their lives so, so we, can, we can respond with the truth of the word of God. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If we, if we give scripture that helps them with these, these peripheral problems and, and these, these smaller issues in their life, chances are they're only sharing with us the smaller issues of their life because they're not ready to trust anyone with those big ones. But if they begin to see God's word helping them resolve these smaller issues in their life, they, they might say, hey, if God's able to do that, then maybe his word has an answer for this. And little by little, as we listen and as, we're, as we share the word of God with them, they can, they can get the answer that they really need. Jesus took time to listen and he paid attention. He paid attention. Oh, how we want people to pay attention to us. We don't want them to be distracted by anything when we're talking to them. We want them to pay attention to us. But how often when we're talking to somebody are we distracted with every little thing? Jesus looked at this man and paid attention to him. Uh, the, Bible says, uh, the Bible says in Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me. The Lord paid attention to me. I was thinking this, this week, and I, I think I've mentioned it before, the vastness of our universe, the, all of creation. God's word says that, that he, he meted it out or he measured it out with a span. That's, that's the length from, from his, the tip of his thumb to the tip of his, his little finger there. And, and that is how he measured out the universe, all of creation. And if he's so great that he measured it out like that. How great is our God? But as great as he is, he takes time to incline unto me. He takes time to focus on you when you call out to him, when you pray to him, when you, when you call his name, he turns and he, he turns his ear to listen to you when you cry. 
Jesus paid attention. And when he paid attention, he saw the need. He saw this man in his leprosy. He had, had perhaps had bandages wrapping his wounds and, and covering, covering up that, uh, the, the, the sores and the, the affected areas and, and had his dirty, filthy garments on from having to live by himself outside the city and, uh, and live out in the middle of nowhere. Basically, he was homeless. And, and the, this, this man, uh, this man had, was standing there before Jesus. And Jesus looked and he saw the need. This man's need was obvious. This man's need was very clear. But Jesus saw the need. And the Bible says, Mine eye affecteth mine heart. Mine eye affecteth my heart, Lamentation 3, 51. And when we, when we look and see someone's condition, uh, our eye ought to affect our heart. It ought to cause us to be moved with compassion. And Jesus, uh, Jesus paid attention to the man. He saw the need and then he heard the plea. The man said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Again, Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined his ear unto me and he heard my cry. He heard me. Sometimes we may feel like there's nobody that cares. Sometimes we may feel forsaken of family and friends and, and everyone and that, they're, that we're left in this world all alone. But hey, remember this. There's one that sticketh closer than a brother. There's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And he's someone that loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his life for you. So, could, so that he could spend eternity with you. He didn't just want a few minutes with you. He didn't just want a few minutes a week with you or a couple of minutes a day. He wants to spend eternity with you. Time without end. He's listening for you. Because he wants to hear from you. You and I have needs. We have needs that only Jesus can meet. He wants to hear from you. Jesus took time to listen. He saw the need. He heard the plea. Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. You notice what he did next. Jesus put forth his hand and he touched him. He touched the leper. And he said, I will be thou clean. Anybody knew that if you touch a leper, chances are you're going to get leprosy. Jesus reached out and touched him. He touched the leper at the risk of contamination. Jesus was willing to do what was needful for this man to have his healing. Jesus is willing to do what we need. In order to have our healing. He was willing to do what it took. In fact the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he God the father hath made him God the son. To Notice what it says. To be sin for us. Who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. It's not saying that we didn't know sin. But it's, it's saying that God was that God made Jesus to be sin for us. It says in 1 Peter 2, 24, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Jesus was willing to, to leave heaven's glory and, and to lay aside his robes of, of royalty there in heaven and to wrap himself in flesh and to come to this earth and to be a man. He was willing to, he, he didn't give up his deity, he still was 100% God, but he was willing to become man so he could take your sin and my sin upon himself. He was willing to risk contamination. He was willing to take our sin and bear our sin in his body. 
and to, to ex, ex, experience the wrath of God for me and for you. Isaiah 53 said, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded. Not for any sin that he had committed. He, God the Son, the Holy Sinless, spotless Lamb of God was brutally treated by men. They took him and beat him with a cat of nine tails, this, this, this whip that, would, that literally ripped his body to shreds. So the Bible says his visage was marred more than any man. He was wounded. They took him and laid a, a cross on his back and made him carry this cross. And, and, and when they reached the place of, uh, called Golgotha, he... They laid the cross down and Jesus laid down on the cross stretching his hands out there for them to drive nails through his hands and through his feet. He didn't fight and struggle because he said no man takes my life from me. I willingly lay it down. He said greater love hath no man than this but that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends he said. So he laid down his life. Let, let them drive the nails through his hands and through his feet. Let them take that cross and put it into place and every bone came out of joint he was wounded why did he go through all of that why did he take the sin why did he take the punishment why did he risk contamination he was wounded for our transgressions my friend he was he took your sin he was punished he died he suffered that he suffered that pain and agony for you he suffered that pain and agony and was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus risked contamination. I'm so glad that he did. I'm glad that he came to earth. I'm glad that he, that he suffered uh, for, for me and for you. Oh, the Bible says we have not an high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He went through all of, uh, all of the things, that, all the different kinds of things that we go through. Why did he do that? The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us he did it because of his great love for me and you see your sin uh, that sin that uh, that, uh, that that leprosy called sin is is killing you it's taking you to an eternity in hell but God loved you and he didn't want you to go to hell and so he gave Jesus Christ his only son to be wounded for you to take your punishment for you and he died on the cross for you we see the risk of contamination. Jesus reached out and touched him. This, this touch was such an expression of compassion. It was an expression of compassion. Somebody said that compassion is your hurt in my heart. Jesus certainly, certainly experienced that took our sin on himself because he loved us. He reached out and touched this man that perhaps for years had not had human contact. He showed this man that he loved him. He wasn't concerned with his leprosy. He was concerned with his soul. He wasn't put off by the man's sickness, by the man's disease, by the man's condition. Jesus loved the man. And he reached out and he touched him. And he said, I will be thou clean. Jesus loves you this morning. He wants you to be clean. He wants you to be cleansed of your sin. He wants you to have a right relationship with him. He came to earth to pay the price for your sin. So he could show his love.
He's done everything for your cleansing. If you'll just ask him, he says, I will be thou clean. Often we who are, cha- who are given the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, we, we have a tendency to turn up our noses at people who are down and out. Shame on us. When somebody comes along, you know, and, and I'll tell you, there, there's so many more people with their hand out than, than I'm used to. I, but it doesn't take long for us to, to just ignore them, does it? What if instead of turning away or turning up our nose or ignoring them or whatever, I know they're always saying, have their signs, please help, anything helps or whatever. People standing on the side of the road as you walk down the street there. I, the other day I was walking down Lake and, and there's a guy standing there and he's, he's, he says, do you have any, any change? You know, people always ask him for stuff like that. And you may or may not have any. And if you do and you don't want to give it, that's fine. That's up to you. You don't have to. I don't always give to them. But what if we did like Peter and John? When they saw the, the lame man that was there by, uh, sit, seated by the, the gate as they went, the way as they went to the temple uh, at, the, at the hour of prayer, and, and he, he asked for alms. He asked, he asked, hey, you got some change? And they said, silver and gold have I none? But such as I have, give I thee. Now, we might not be able to, to give them healing or whatever. But we can give them the message of Jesus' love, can't we? Hey, I don't, I don't have any change on me. I don't carry change. But, but let me tell you, somebody can, can meet your need that's greater than your need for change. Amen? What if we showed compassion? What if we... What if we showed them respect as if we would a CEO of a, of a corporation. I heard a, one, of, one of my heroes of the faith, a few, a few weeks ago we were up in Lancaster at, uh, at the conference they have there, that just get, getting some strengthening to be able to, to do what, what we're doing here and just try to do it better. One of my heroes of the faith, Dr. Don Sisk, a man in his 80s, served God for many, many, many years. And he was laying out principles for life. And one of the things he said is, everybody that you talk to, make them feel like they are the most important person you are talking to today. That time with them is your most important appointment of the day. What if we did that? I believe that was what Jesus was doing when when the multitudes were all around. The multitudes were there, but here was this man, and Jesus turned to the man. He saw his need. He heard his plea. He said, I will be thou clean. What an expression of compassion. How good are we at showing the love of God? How good are we at being compassionate? 1 John 3, 17 says, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? How can we say that we love God and, and, just, and, and know that a brother or sister, especially a brother or sister in Christ, has a need, and we, we don't do anything to try to help? Mark 1, 41 and Jesus moved, this is a, a, a parallel passage. This is Mark's telling of this same, this same uh, account uh, that we're in in Matthew chapter 8. Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. Jesus, Jesus took time to pay attention. Uh, he took time to listen and, and he touched the leper. And, and then thirdly, that touch, that touch of the master's hand transformed his life he changed his life not just he didn't just polish it up a little bit 
but he transformed the guy's life. Jesus said, I will be thou clean. And he touched him and he healed him. He healed his body. He healed his body. The leprosy was gone. The Bible says he put forth his hand and touched him and said, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Immediately the man experienced this cleansing, this healing in his body. And, and, and I, I can imagine that, that he, 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 I can imagine he felt different. Amen. But he probably began to, to unwrap the rags and, and those rags that were filthy from, from having been on those nasty wounds before. He, he unwraps and he finds beneath that not, not decayed hands and not open wounds and sores. But he finds a hand that is made whole. He finds his, his arms are clean. No more spots. His, uh, no more leprosy. And all his life is, is changed. Oh, how thrilled he was. How, how much joy he was filled with. And, and I, I remember September 28th, 1987, when I bowed my head and I said, Lord, I, I, want, I, I believe that you died on the cross for me and I need you to save me. Lord, would you forgive my sins and save me? I remember when, when I, I trusted him as my Savior. I remember uh, being, being saved. You say, was there lightning and, you know, thunder rolling or some great no I prayed and that guilt was gone that conviction was gone the the the, the woeful dread of, of eternity in hell that was gone because I had trusted Jesus and immediately he healed me Immediately he saved me. Immediately he gave me eternal life. Not only did he, Jesus heal the man's body, but he restored his relationships. He said, see thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself unto the priest. He, Jesus wanted him to go immediately and show himself to the priest. That was, that was what, the, what the law had dictated. He was supposed to go and show himself to the priest who could determine if he was, if he was healed or whatever, who would, who would pronounce him clean. And, and his pronouncement would determine whether he could return home or whether he had to go back outside the city. So Jesus said, see thou tell no man, but go, he said, go and show thyself to the priest. So this man went and, and he showed the priest and, and, and the priest pronounced him clean. Whenever he was pronounced clean, he's able to return home to his family. I can imagine, I can imagine this man walking up that road that he hadn't been down in a long time and coming up to the, to the place where he had at one time called home. Maybe timidly walking up to the door and not wanting to startle his family. Maybe he, maybe he knocked on the door. His wife comes and opens up the door and she sees her husband standing there before her. Maybe she steps back a little bit, afraid of, of the leprosy, and he says, No, no, baby. Sweetheart, look, I'm I'm clean. The priest has said I'm clean. I'm I'm healed. And oh, what a joyous reunion they must have had. His relationships were restored. So you and I, because of our sin, we've our relationship has been broken with the one who loves us more than anybody. God, the Father, loved us, and, but our sin has separated between us and God. And Jesus died on the cross so he could reach up to God and down to man and reconcile us and bring us together. And when he cleanses of our sins, he restores that relationship so God is our Father, and we can come to Him and say, Abba, Father. Restored relationships, but then He renewed His purpose. Jesus said for Him to offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. To bring a, a, an offering, a sacrifice, and give it to, to, to worship God and say, God, I thank You that I'm clean. I thank you that you've cleansed me. I thank you for this healing that you've given me. 1 Corinthians 1, 6 says, Even as the testimony of Christ 
was confirmed in you. I wonder, since, since you, if, if, you're, if you're saved this morning, if you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, have you offered the sacrifices as God's Word commands us? The sacrifices of praise, the, the living your life for Jesus Christ, the uh, giving, giving your life and, uh, to, to be a testimony for Jesus Christ. Is the testimony of Christ confirmed in you when somebody looks at your life? Can they say, that person is a child of God. That person is free from their sin. That person is a Christian. Acts 20, 21 says, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. This testimony that we're, that we're to give uh, to, to the, the to the world is a testimony of salvation, a testimony of our cleansing, a testimony of what Jesus has done for us and what He will do for them. Scripture says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus is speaking to the church and He says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. 1 John 2 and verse 2, and He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Romans 10.13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. These verses, this is our testimony. This is our testimony. This is what Jesus did for me. And this is what Jesus wants to do for you. And this is what Jesus is able to do because He is the propitiation. He is the, the satisfactory uh, sacrifice that is given. He is what makes everything all right between God and man. But you must come to Him. You must turn to Him in faith and repentance. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus was moved with compassion when this man came to him. This man had faith enough to ask him and to say, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus touched him and healed him. If you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Scripture says, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And he invites you to come to him. He says, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Let me ask you this. If, if you were to die today, if today, for some reason, was the end of your life here on earth, your soul and spirit will go into eternity, where will you go? Your soul and spirit, you'll, you'll either go to heaven or you'll go to hell. There's no in-between. There's no limbo, there's no purgatory, there's no you know, state of non-existence. You'll either go to heaven or you'll go to hell. Where will you go? Can you confidently say, Pastor Philip, I know that I would go to heaven. I know that I've trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I know that I've come to Him for my cleansing. The priest, the, the church couldn't do anything for me. Religion couldn't do anything for me. The business world couldn't do anything for me. The world, uh, the, the crowd, the multitudes, they couldn't do anything for me. But Jesus Christ could. And I came to Him one day and I said, Lord, if Thou wilt, Thou canst make me clean. It doesn't matter what words you say. It's faith from your heart. Hey, was there a time in your life when you know you trusted Jesus as your Savior? You didn't sit over there scraping the, the sin and, and trying to get it off and try to clean yourself up. Because it's still there. Would you come to Jesus, the only one that can do anything about your condition, and let Him save you? Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Philip, I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved, but I, I know I've been cleansed from my sin. I know I've been, I've been given eternal life. I know heaven is my eternal home. Jesus is my Savior. But I've not been living my life to show the testimony of what Jesus has done in me. I've not shared that testimony 
with others. I've not, I've not had compassion on the castaways. I've not had mercy on the undesirables. I've not been the witness that Jesus wants me to be. Jesus is teaching his disciples in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 how to reach the multitudes. And humanly speaking, it would have been wonderful if, if the first person to come to Jesus would have been, would have been maybe a, a wealthy person that could give great loads of money to the ministry. Humanly speaking, that'd be wonderful, wouldn't it? Or, may, or maybe at least just a normal guy. No, a leper. Probably the worst disease imaginable. But aren't you glad, as Paul said, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, whom I'm chief. I'm glad that Jesus can save the worst of the worst. So why don't we go and share that message with other people? Lord Jesus, there was a time in our lives when we were cast out into the open field. We were still in our blood. We were still in our sin. We were still experiencing the, the results of, of our being born in sin. We were on our way to death. But you came by our way and you said live. Lord, there was a time in my life when I came to you and I said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And you cleansed me. And you gave me eternal life. Lord, help me to share that with everyone I possibly can. Lord, I pray that today you'd have your will and way in our service and you'd work in our hearts and do a work that only you can do. Perhaps there's somebody today that's still in their sin. Would you draw them so that today they choose to trust you in Jesus' name?